my colleague won't stop commenting on everything I eat. My assistant rolls his eyes at people in meetings. My manager expects me to work 24-7. Why does my coworker keep taking credit for all my ideas? Have any wisdom for me? Hi, I'm Allison Green. Welcome to the Ask a Manager podcast. Some of you may know me from my website, askamanager.org, where I answer daily questions from readers about how to navigate all sorts of sticky situations with coworkers, managers, and employees. Each week on this show, I'll take calls and talk directly with listeners about the toughest, most frustrating, or just plain weirdest work predicaments they're facing. I'll help you figure out what to do and say to handle these situations successfully and get the outcomes you want. So let's get started. This week, we have a special guest, and I'm so excited to introduce her. Jennifer Peepas runs the very popular website, Captain Awkward, which is an advice column that specializes in helping people set boundaries and assert themselves. She gives amazing advice on romantic relationships, friendships, families, roommates, coworkers, and much more. I am a huge fan, and I'm thrilled to have her here. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. It's fun to be here. And I'm a big fan of uh, your blog and I, I'm always sending letter writers to you. So this is, it's uh, about time that we had a meeting of the minds. <laughs> it is about time. And I know a lot of asking Manager readers are big Captain Awkward readers as well. Um, people often in the comment section link to your posts and send people over there for help with all sorts of things. Well, we have a letter that we're going to talk about together today, and I'm so excited to do that. But before we do, can we talk about Captain Awkward a bit? Sure. What do you want to know? What led you to launching the site in the first place? I was looking for a way to be writing regularly that um, I'm, I have a film background. I, I sometimes write and make movies, and I was looking for something that didn't need that intense collaboration and money, and I could sort of just... Uh, express myself regularly. And one of the beautiful things about advice columns, which I was totally addicted to and a fan of, is that people send you stories in your email. Like people email you stories. And it was such a fun way to engage with a lot of people's stories was kind of my thinking. Um, and I had, I was a big fan of a lot of advice things. I love Carolyn Hacks at the Washington Post and I would read a lot of other things. And I was just like, hey, they can do that. I can do it too. And did you set out planning to have such a focus on, on boundary setting and speaking up? Or did it just evolve that way? Uh, it kind of evolved that way. Um, I think, I think we, like, we teach what we need to learn. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> the aphorism goes. Um, and it was something that I had learned kind of as a late bloomer that, the, oh, the world won't end if you say no to people and you can assert yourself and you don't have to just constantly do what people want you to do. Oh, neat. Um, and then realizing just through teaching and um, especially as a teacher, because I teach college students, that it was a problem that a lot of students were having, that they were really afraid of conflict and just being like, oh, don't be so afraid of conflict. Like conflict is not the end of the world. Conflict is where the good stuff happens. Am I remembering correctly that early on the tagline for your site was use your words? Yes. That's so perfect because it's, it's, it's so much of what you teach people to do. And as someone who finds myself also pushing people to speak up and helping them figure out the words to do it with, I know people generally find it a lot harder to do than it sounds like. Do you have thoughts on why that is? I think people are just really socialized 
to be accommodating and to try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and to try to um, look for reasons that it's not people's fault when they do bad stuff. But I think as I got older, just realizing that like you can't accommodate people into not being assholes. Yeah. Like you can be the most accommodating person in the world. And some people don't take that as a, like, they, they don't get the message that they should ease up. <laughs> they just keep going. Yeah. And so that was a lesson, but I feel it just, a lot of people are, are socialized to be very afraid of conflict, whether it's growing, like the kind of household they grew up in or just their, they're afraid and then they get into the workplace or they get into relationships and they don't have those skills to be like, no, I don't like that. Um, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Let's do, let's do my idea. And it's very hard for them to say those things. And I'm not, and I'm not sure why, if there's one reason, but I knew though that it's a big thing that a lot of people have that socialization. Okay. I'm tempted to ask you questions all day long, but we have a letter to answer. Okay. Yes. So this is a letter that was sent into Captain Awkward that involves work. So we're going to answer it together. Want to read it out? Yes, sure. Hi, Captain. I have gotten myself into an uncomfortable situation at work. At first, I thought I was helping out an unfairly maligned female colleague in a male-dominated industry. Now I feel like I've attached myself to a sinking ship. Background. I started a new job in a male-dominated field. I am also a woman. And I really like all of my colleagues, my manager and the CEO. It's possible that everyone is showing their best face for the new lady, but I genuinely think this is a good company to work for. Potentially important detail, my entire team works remotely. One coworker, I'll call her Sophia, mentioned in a meeting that she is frustrated because she feels people aren't listening to or respecting her. The rest of the team was a bit dismissive, which I felt was unfair, but I also didn't feel confident enough to speak up in the moment. Instead, I reached out to Sophia privately and asked if she wanted some help on coming up with a list of concrete asks for our coworkers. I ran this by my manager, who thought it was a great idea, and thanked me for looking out for a colleague. I met with Sophia in person when she was in my city for a conference, and it was bizarre. I expected her, her to do a bit of frustrated venting and thought maybe we'd spend an hour coming up with a plan and then celebrate our hard work over dinner and a drink. Instead, she was incredibly negative the whole time. It was clear she wasn't interested in coming up with an actual plan. She showed me examples of emails and chat conversations that she considered, quote, disrespectful and, quote, bullying, but they seemed completely innocuous to me. In fact, sometimes she was the one being rude. I tried to ask questions like, well, how would you have liked your manager to respond here? Or... Can you help me understand why you consider this to be disrespectful? But she would change the subject and go on a rant about another person or incident. As the evening went on, Sophia's ranting turned into profanity-laden insults directed at the personalities and appearances of our colleagues. I tried to interject with, wow, that's not my experience with Dorothy at all, or I'm surprised to hear Arthur would handle this situation in that way, but she wised up. She started telling stories that I would have no way of verifying or disproving in which she was supposedly treated poorly and then would ask questions like, don't you agree that that's a horrible thing to say to someone? Quite frankly, I was a little afraid of her and thought she might become angry and verbally abusive toward me if I pushed back or tried to leave. 
In short, I feel that I was essentially tricked into agreeing to a bunch of horrible sentiments directed toward colleagues who I actually really like and respect. I could go to HR, but if this were to lead to disciplinary action for Sophia, she'll know that I was the one who brought it forward. Since I'm still new at this very small company, I don't want to be known as a person who runs to HR as soon as she has a problem with a colleague. I'm wondering what I should do. First, I'll need to explain to my manager how there's no action plan as a result of this meeting. Sophia has asked me to join her in some two-on-one meetings with individual coworkers, and I really don't want to participate. I said I would in the moment, but that was only because I'm afraid of her. How do I back out? How much should I tell my manager? Any advice you have would be much appreciated. Wow. Okay. This is a fascinating letter. Do you want to start us off with your thoughts? Uh, sure. The, and I forgot to say that the title of the email sums it up beautifully. I tried to help someone only to discover that she is the problem. Yeah, perfect. So my, um, I agree, like, maybe, like, running to HR is not necessarily the best first step. But I do think this letter writer should clue their manager in a little bit. Like, maybe not everything about the conversation, but just, like, I met with Sophia. We tried to come up with an action plan. I felt like she wasn't really into it. And that, you know, she, anytime I tried to make a positive suggestion, she wasn't into it. Um, I don't think that me coaching her or helping her facilitate this is going to work out. I just wanted to let you know what's up. And then maybe just leave it there. And don't participate in, like, don't continue the mentoring relationship. Yeah, she definitely should not join in on those two-on-one meetings that Sophia wants her to participate in. And I almost wonder, I mean, Sophia may have picked up on the fact that the letter writer doesn't share her perspective. And so she might not even come back and ask her to do those meetings. But if she does, I think the letter writer can say, you know, I was up for being a sounding board, but I don't think I'm well positioned to be part of those conversations. I'm so sorry you're having a tough time. And I I hope it was useful to talk some of it through with me, but I don't have the kind of role where I would belong in those meetings. And that's, I mean, that's true because even if Sophia's complaints were all very well founded, the letter writer doesn't really belong in those meetings, especially as someone who's pretty new and unfamiliar with the players. Right, right, right. So I, you know, I think that's a great, script of sort of like, I, you know, I don't think it's my place to be in those meetings, but I hope our conversation was productive for you and you are able to kind of implement some of those positive action plans and just leave it kind of nebulous and then kind of stay away from her, which it seems like kind of everyone else on the team does. Yeah. And the fact that they're remote might work in her favor <laughs> in, in this situation because you won't be running into her in the hallway. She won't be coming by your desk. It's easier to stay away, I think, which is good. Right. And just, I would keep things kind of friendly and neutral, just like a friendly and neutral tone with her because you don't want to antagonize her more and you don't want to... um the letter writer probably is going to go on Sophia's like Arya Stark like list of people who have wronged her at work, yes. um, and and it just it just will happen. Um, and she should keep, especially her written communications. I would keep written like messages and chats with Sophia to a minimum, to like the minimum that you need to do your work, and 
always very positive. Like always like, hi, Sophia, great to hear from you. Oh, here's what we need to do on this project. Okay, great. And like, just kind of keep the tone very friendly so that when Sophia starts the like, and now letter writer is disrespecting me, there's no trail of anything to, to indicate that. Yes, very much so. And actually that makes me think too, Sophia sounds like someone who might say things like, well, letter writer agrees with me that Dorothy is horrible. So, um, and she might say that no matter what the letter writer says, but I think it's important for the letter writer to be studiously positive in her interactions with Sophia so that she's not handing her words that Sophia can then twist and misrepresent later. Right, right, right. I feel like everyone gossips about their coworkers. Never, never put the gossip in writing. Yes. Oh, people make that mistake all the time. Gossip away, gossip away, have to, but like (laughs) never, ever put it in writing. It will, it will never, you'll never be glad that you did. Yes, it's so true. The other thing I think maybe is the way that the letter writer is defining success in this situation probably can't be Sophia feels positively about her and has no resentment against her because that that probably isn't going to happen. You're probably right that the letter writer is going to go on Sophia's Arya Stark like list. Um, and that is okay. I don't want the letter writer to feel like the only way that she gets a good outcome here is if she can avoid that because that's totally out of her hands. And what we know of Sophia so far says she probably will be on that list. Oh God, the thought of those two-on-one meetings, I cringe at it. Yes, it sounds terrible. And I think I think the letter writer had such good intentions here. It's so easy when you're new to a job and you're just starting to see the dynamics to miss what the real dynamics are. And, and so I can see how she ended up making that offer and thought she was doing something kind and then had this sickening, slowly dawning <laughs> realization at their dinner of what the dynamics really were. So I think... I don't know. I mean, if there's a lesson here, it's, I don't want to say don't ever help someone just because you're new, but maybe just hang back and reserve judgment a little bit. Right. Right. And I mean, there, there's another lesson here and, and I've run into this before is, um, sometimes coworkers, when you're new, sometimes coworkers will be really friendly to you, the new person. But if you notice them being unfriendly to or about other people, just kind of file it away that like your turn is coming. Yes, that's right. Because that sane, reasonable, rational people who have legitimate beefs with coworkers usually are not spreading them around to the new person when they first walk in the door. So that behavior in and of itself is a flag. Right, right, right. That like just if 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 you're their new best friend because you're new here and everyone else is terrible. Like you, you will go on the terrible list too. So just <laughs> hang back a little bit. Yeah, I think that's right. Any parting thoughts for this letter writer? Um, I think I hope um, the letter writer I think is a great writer. Like told the story so well. Like it was a pleasure to read the letter. Um, so I'm gonna put that out there. And just, yeah, you tried to help someone and it's clearly not going to work. So give yourself permission to just kind of move on from this and um, you use your your words and your platitudes if you need to kind of keep her at bay. Yes, well said. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and talk with us. I had so much fun talking with you. Uh, Yes, thank you. Anytime. 
You can read more of Jennifer's work at captainawkward.com. You can follow her on Twitter at C awkward. That's the letter C and the word awkward. For everyone who's listening, I'll be back next week with more advice on navigating sticky situations at work. Thanks for listening to the Ask a Manager podcast, produced in conjunction with Penguin Random House and Anchor. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. If you'd like to ask a question on the show, email it to podcast at askamanager.org. And check out my new book from Ballantine Books called Ask a Manager, Clueless Coworkers, Lunch-Stealing Bosses, and the Rest of Your Life at Work. It hits stores May 1st, and it's the ultimate guide for tackling any and all workplace dilemmas. You can pre-order a copy today at penguinrandomhouse.com or anywhere books are sold. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Green, and I'll be back next week with another question. <laughs>